Dear listener, this is Interfaith-ish. I'm your host, Jack Gordon, and every other Wednesday right here on Tacoma Radio, we bring you bold conversations about what we believe, why we believe, and how we navigate the common ground and differences between our traditions. Dear listener, if you've been following our show, you know that lately I've been doing a series of crossover episodes featuring the hosts of other religion and faith-focused podcasts. It's been great. I've loved to see the diversity of perspectives that are out there. But this past week, I was really just missing my friends. In particular, my friends Aaron and Derek. Aaron's a deeply committed Christian and serves as a Pentecostal minister. And Derek's a wonderful poet and a practicing Buddhist. These two brothers are some of the most insightful and caring people I know. They're true friends I can be honest with and vulnerable with. And frankly, that's what I needed right now. So dear listener, I've issued this week the usual interview format, and this show is just three friends talking about what's challenging us, about what's making us afraid, where we're finding beauty, and what's giving us joy in this moment. I can tell you that I feel steadier having had this conversation with Aaron and Derek, and after listening, I hope you do too. Hello, sir. Good morning. Hi. All right. You doing okay? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't sleep too well, but I'm I'm good otherwise. Oh man, what was going on? Just up late and couldn't go to bed again. And then started reading. I shouldn't have been reading. Oh, <laughs> all, all the factors. Are you are you yeah. still reading that Octavia Butler? Because you know that's not going to help you settle your mind right now. Now the pattern is actually I think a really good. Uh, <laughs> Mm. Really good indication of what's happening now, right? Where things could go, but no, no it's not Octavia. But what what were you reading? Uh, again, just like stuff going on right now. It's like they're they're uh, with all the officer involved violence and other stuff. Friends are sending videos. They're like, "Oh, have you seen this?" And I don't know. I don't think mm. people realize that it's re-traumatizing. It is. Yeah, they're sending it to you. Like it's not. It's not. Ugh, readily available. Yikes. Yeah, it's you know it's from a it's from a place where people are trying to be helpful because they once people yeah. know that you're you're uh, conscious of those things, the thing yeah. is like you want to mm-hmm. stay aware of it, right? So you don't want to. The other side is not to get blindsided by something that everyone's like, oh, did you hear about this? The flip is that by being exposed to it constantly, it's it's re-traumatizing, and oftentimes yeah. people aren't thoughtful enough to say, hey, this is triggering, or hey, yeah. like. You may not yeah, want to watch I, this. Like, have you seen this? We gonna say that? Yeah, yeah, I've had to tell some people, like, hey, I maybe you're trying to be helpful, but mm. one, don't send me anything through FB Messenger. Don't send me anything in my um, in any of my inboxes. I said, I know you may be like, look at this outrage. I said, but for me, that has a major effect on what I'm going to be able to do throughout the day. Yeah, it is kind of. It is trauma. It is it is re-traumatizing is what it is. So it, mm. and after and some people may think they mean well, but there's just a certain point where where yeah, I've had to tell a few people don't. You need to let me know. Don't send me stuff just off the jump. And in some things, you can't verify their sources. So in some cases, sure. even though they folks mean well, they may also be leading stuff. It could also create like a almost a well shoot. I could have a panic attack because you just sent me something with some guy talking about something, 
but you can't verify it. You just sent it along like a chain letter, except it's a chain letter of trauma, which I don't want right now. <laughs> right. You know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. You wanna you wanna reset, um, Aaron? Do you, could we could we uh, take a moment to say a prayer together or something to help help settle your mind? Would that be helpful? Oh, I'm, it's the the other side of this. Uh, it's uh, Incredible Hulk. I'm always angry. Like you, <laughs> you know, you unfortunately or unfortunately, you become so accustomed to it that it's like oh, okay, like. You you asked, so I was just I was just sharing like what was really going on versus kind of like yeah. the, oh you know I'm good I was just like oh, no 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 I I mean it's, you thinking about you know, that's honest and and I was reading the world on your face there for a second so yeah I think you saw more tired than anything else I was like I said two alarms I was like okay gotta get up even though I woke up at five like gotta move <laughs> it's that not... trick man if you wake up early you gotta keep it pushing you can't oh yeah. Don't don't go back to sleep like Rumi uh, says, right? That's what happened. I went back to sleep. I was like, I can get another, oh, okay. another hour and a half. So what you saw was really just a tire from like, you know, the the, the back and forth. Mm-hmm. But happy mm-hmm. happy to set a reset is, is is necessary. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, Derek, is that okay with you? Could we? Could sure. Could I just share something? Is that right? That's fine. I was going to ask you, Aaron, but I don't want to put too much on you. So so I can share something if you like. Sure, if you can share something, that'd be cool, man. Thank you. Okay. Thy name is my healing, O my God, and remembrance of Thee is my remedy. Nearness to Thee is my hope, and love for Thee is my companion. Thy mercy to me is my healing and my succor in both this world and the world to come. Thou verily art the all-bountiful, the all-knowing, the all-wise. It's been a minute since since the three of us have talked. We've talked individually, um, but probably since all this stuff started that the three of us have been in the same conversation together. I think part of it is, you know, we would be, we would be getting together probably around this time and, uh, and had you know, for our for our seasonal outing to go see, I don't know what was it would have been Black what Widow. Black Widow, right? Black that Widow, would have yeah. been that would have been our movie right now. We would have been normally yeah. chatting Black about Widow. that. Um, or Wonder Woman, right? Wonder Woman was supposed to come out. Yeah, Wonder Woman eighty four. That was supposed to come out. Yeah. So. Uh, and Ghostbusters, that the one with the little kids. <laughs> I was anticipating that. <laughs> that one. wasn't on yeah. my radar. It was on my list. Yeah, they're doing a Ghostbusters. (laughs) And one of the kids is like the granddaughter of either Peter Vinkman or Spengler. So I was excited. (laughs) Ecto-1 was making an appearance. I was was like, yay. Can I I don't know. I think think (laughs) one's on the pedals, one's on the steering wheel, that type of thing. (laughs) They got boxes tied to their feet. That's what they're doing. Well, look, we um, we dipped into this already a little bit um, right at the top, but I I wanted to um, see if we could sort of frame a little bit of, of of talking here since the three of us, like I said, hadn't hadn't talked in a while, and you know, I mean, everything's everything's so big and it just changes so much from like week to week that I didn't want to just be like, hey, so how are you guys doing, you know, because um, like the enormity of that stuff. I, it just it can be paralyzing sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I wanted to I wanted to just 
talk about just see if 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 um, I could ask about a couple of things that I've been talking you know with different folks about just like you know what's something that's been been challenging for you recently um, and that could be I guess it could be good it could be bad you know what I mean it could be a mix challenge can be can be all those things something that's beautiful something that's maybe been been stirring a fearful feeling and also something that's been bringing joy something that's been joyful so um, if you like I can I can sort of kick it off unless you guys had had something um, right in, right in mind already I'm still processing and thinking so still processing right okay <laughs> all right one thing that I think has been challenging for me during this during this period is is thinking about this idea of, of what does anti-racism looks like, look like and particularly in our communities and in like the context of a faith community in particular and I mean just me personally and my knowing me and my, my, my family life and everything like thinking about how being married to a black woman doesn't make me anti-racist by default you know and how and how just that by itself as a as a fact like isn't isn't like a sufficient proof where I can just point and be like see like mm. clearly not racist um, and then I think it's like a larger Baha'i community I've been thinking about our Baha'i community that's been processing recently how a community that very clearly in its writings holds that that people of African descent are the pupil of the eye which is the source of light that's that's a quote from the Baha'i writings right that okay. that people of African descent are considered the pupil of the eye um, and in spite of that you know and that idea of humanity being being one it can the community itself can still perpetuate racism or racist behavior within itself um, and and doesn't necessarily center black people like in a contemporary setting maybe in a historical setting you know thinking about sort of the heroes of of our faith and of our community um, so anyway those are I think those have been some of the things that I've been thinking a lot about recently you know like how how to work through some mm -hmm. of that um, haven't really come up with answers necessarily but I think you know it's just been like really present right there in the front of my mind mm. what about you oh man there's always <laughs> challenges uh, I think one of the challenges recently being a teacher and just kind of w watching um, all of this wrangling and adjusting uh, as to how teachers are going to arrive at, at teaching. There's, you know, the I've, I've I went went from most likely we're just going to be doing the digital, you know, the digital platform, you know, not being in person. And so I've had plenty of time to adjust to that on the community college side where I teach. Um, DCPS is a little bit more interesting just as you know this the push it just seems like a well well is it going to be hybrid or is it going to be we're all going to be digital or is it going to be we're going to be teaching outside either way I the challenge for me is what type of teacher you know I can be I think I've already seen parts of what I can do just from I've, I've been teaching all summer 
which which I'm happy for, which also means I'm employed, which is good. Mm-hmm. But this uncertainty of how teachers are, are to, you know, present and arrive, whether in person or virtually is a challenge because that also my challenge is if it gets to a point where they're like, we want teachers there. What do I do when I consider, you know, my health and my life? It's like, is, yeah. is any job worth risking my life <laughs> in that yeah. sense? And what that means and what that looks like. Um, so that's a challenge because, uh, and, and, and within that, the larger challenge is I'm, you know, the uncertain, I've, I've always, uncertainty has always been like my, you know, my, my, uh, big boss and video like the big video game boss is like oh here comes uncertainty got to take it on again and so <laughs> this is probably the major level of uncertainty that i'm dealing with because and it's something that is constant and i'm trying to you know deal with that and you know wondering what my next move will be and different things like that so right now mm-hmm. it's that challenge and i could go into more about yeah you know i you know i i actually literally had like a little soapbox I used to have one and I was like, that's the point where I was like, want to stand on it and be like, and just talk about like, where's the compassion, you know, for people who, who are getting paid the big bucks to make these decisions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's, that's where I am. That's the challenge of each day right now is dealing with the uncertainty. So. Do, do you feel like the, um, there is a, freedom to talk about this with the with the people that are in your administration and 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 the folks that you're you're working with because i imagine you're not alone in that that feeling definitely i'm not alone i actually just took a uh there's a little survey they sent about what do you think about the you know the the possible reopening plans and uh was you are you considering retiring if you're an older teacher or Mm. you considering leaving the teaching profession um to be to really to be honest, I feel like I've just been doing you know my my just doing to my capacity as being able to teach and teach my other courses, and so now I have to consider that and to like reach out and talk. It's like I'm actually a bit worn out because I have not stopped teaching. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't. Stopped. I mean, again, hey, employed for the summer, you know that's great, but right. again, I haven't stopped, hmm. and so that's the other thing. Where did I get the bandwidth? To not only say, all right, I'm, you know, I'm teaching this class, class, I'm done with this. All right, now let's talk about this larger issue of, you know, advocating for myself and such. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a bit tired, hmm. if that makes any sense. But I, I know I'm not alone. That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Aaron, how about, how about for you? Yeah, I think, you know just pulling those two things together. So I um, having worked with young people and training them and how to talk about uh, prejudice and privilege uh, whenever the officer involved shootings or anything similar would show up. um, I usually get like at least three to five calls um, typically uh, from young black men who were in the program, but oftentimes other people, uh, I found with the Floyd piece, I had reached my uh, my limit. I, mm-hmm. I was, instead of being able to be a resource for others, I had to just stop uh, to dare some of the points you were raising and realize that I was exhausted. I was just completely exhausted and I was not able to be present in ways that I've become accustomed to. 
Uh, and I realized I had become I had become accustomed to being present in that way, both for others and also for myself. It become therapeutic and helpful. And I literally reached a breaking point. Like I had nothing to give, uh, and I had to step back. And it was hard because I had you know really great friends who reached out and said, "Hey, how can we be helpful?" Uh, and then I started reading stuff when people ask, you know, what can I do? What do you think I should be doing? I didn't realize that was also something that was drawing from me, right? Like I had to think about something for someone mm. else when I was in a place where I had nothing to give. So I had to stop myself from communicating with people as to not do harm, right? Mm. Like really they were going to catch hands, right? Verbally, <laughs> not physically. Mm. <laughs> this idea that, uh, that well-intentioned people that are caring and thoughtful and loving were drawing from me uh, at a time where I had nothing to give became frustrating and became angering. And it was just the unawareness of it. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And I had to be careful not to lash out. Um, the scripture talks about, um, you know, be angry, but sin not. Right. So I had to be careful in my anger not to do harm to someone uh, because there was something I had to deal with. So I just removed myself and, uh, I had a good friend who is an imam. He said, man, I haven't, I haven't heard your voice. I miss your voice, right? Like I haven't mm -hmm, seen right. you. I miss your voice. And I, I remember people saying this and I've said it before, but that real piece that you are no, you are no good to anyone else if you're no good to yourself, right? Like mm -hmm. that idea of like radical self-care. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So Jack, what you were saying resonated because I became aware of two things. I'm, I'm trying to write about this too. So I'm still... These are still developing thoughts, but the first thought I had was how I've been uh, navigating a system that needs to be dismantled. I've become very good at navigating racial oppression, racially oppressive systems. Um, and mm. it's go to the right school, get the right connection, stay out of the way, don't do too much. And even being someone who considers myself both an advocate and an activist and trying to dismantle those systems, I've realized that if I had to do a percentage breakdown, like 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, uh, that I was much more familiar with and comfortable with not only system navigation and also as a teacher, Derek, like you teaching others yeah. how to navigate it, particularly young black men, right. Teaching others how to navigate it versus dismantling. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a piece in between, right. There's probably a piece in between navigating and dismantling. Right. There's also just survival. Right. And I think yeah. that's where navigating comes in. But I got really upset with myself because it was like, wait a second, like I'm dealing with the same stuff and we're dealing with the same stuff. So much of our lives are dealing with the systems of oppression. That if you're a caring and conscious person, like literally I'm spending the precious time I have in a day thinking about a system that is literally, you know, at the extreme, killing me and killing people I care about. And at the very least, something that just needs to stop. Yeah. So that, that was one part. Um, I think the other part that really became clear uh, is that I realized um, even in the presence of racism, the presence of sexism and how masculinity sure. and similar things can be toxic. Oh yeah. Bell Hooks uh, wrote one that says, white women and black men have it both ways. They can act Ooh. as oppressor or be that. oppressed. Yeah. yeah. Black men may be victimized by racism, but sexism allows them to act as exploiters and oppressors of women. White yeah. women may be victimized by sexism, but racism enables them to act as exploiters and oppressors of black people. Both groups, speaking of black men and white women, 
have led liberation movements that favor their interests and support the continued oppression of other, pe other groups. Black male sexism, a term I had not been introduced to, or at least if I had, I forgot about it, but BMS, black male sexism, has undermined struggles to eradicate racism just as white female racism undermines feminist struggle. As long as these two groups or any group defines liberation as gaining social equality with ruling class white men, they have a vested interest in the continued exploitation and oppression of others. Mm. So that part, it, it, it landed with me because I was thinking about how do I undo racism? How do I undo racism? And realize that I've been a beneficiary uh, of sexism yeah. uh, and that there's work that I have to do. So Jack, when you made that point about being married to a black woman, you know, I thought about that being in a relationship to a black woman. I really thought of times where I was uh, a burden or stumbling block uh, to my partner when she had ideas or things she wanted to do. And it wasn't this immediate like support, like, go, oh, you can do it. I was like, well, I don't know. And have yeah, you thought about yeah, this? Questioning. Questioning. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. you know, there's, there's a way you can say, oh, I'm thoughtful and I want to make sure she sees all sides. And with the world being so hard and so many things happening, I think it raised my awareness to my continuing systems of oppression. Derek, I heard, I saw you take that breath, man. Go ahead. What you, yeah, go ahead. yeah. Tell it, tell oh, it. man. Tell it. Just, uh, I actually saw, you know, if we talk about, you know, you know, the sexism of black men or was it misogynoir and just this, even in the midst of, the, of, of this, the uprisings where I look and I see primary black women as as always in the forefront and the with within the the movements and the uprisings and the caring and stuff and yet and still you know there's still this underlying you know you know you know misogyny and sexism or one distant friend of mine who was a playwright she was in a march in new york city and coming back from the march she and a couple of people were talking to these men and uh, when they, she was leaving the the march or the uprising, one of the men just made a comment about her butt, and she's like, "This is what I'm talking about. This is she's like, this is it. We go through this day of support, you know, and supporting Black lives and primarily Black men's lives, and making sure y'all safe. And then, even in the midst of this, we got catcalling. Like, wow, where yeah. is that disconnect? And so, you know, and I feel you know ashamed, and I I like to think that oh yeah, I'm doing a good job and. You know, and I have I have a good number of sister friends who are like, all right, Derek, you're working it out. But I also know, you know, I have the blind spots and I've benefited from so much. And so that's, yeah, that's where that sigh came from, Aaron. <laughs> well, Aaron's got bell hooks as his pre-marriage counselor. So <laughs> how about that? This is this is life <laughs> counselor right here. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good preparedness. Yeah. Yeah, and that awareness, like the importance of that awareness to, to make sure that, to your point, Derek, like we, we all have blind spots, but make sure those blind spots don't become lived realities, right? Yeah. We, we incorporate those blind spots into our thinking. And as, as, as men on this call and this, you know, that, that are upright or attempting to be upright, that we can still intertwine some of those things, right? So I think of systemic oppression is like, you know, America is a country that has freedoms that draw people from all over the world and mm -hmm. still has some of these, that some has a lot of things intertwined in its history and culture and way of being. That yeah. means that there's good and there's also some terrible DC slang, terrible, terrible, right? some yeah. terrible things mm -hmm. that are a part of it and, and that are intertwined. So 
I think to your point, Jack, I think, yes, trying to let bell hooks be my marriage counselor and life counselor, uh, but also doing some of that unlocking of where yeah. I've intertwined things that are yeah. hurtful or harmful. Uh, because now even higher awareness with a sister, with a niece, with a mother, mm-hmm. and now with a fiance, you know, what are the ways in which I'm unintentionally or intentionally blind spot or not have done or doing harm. Yeah. I need to yeah. myself of that and doing the work to do it. Well, what, what about, um, Aaron, moving to this, the, this next idea of something, something beautiful as you're working through some of these ideas, what's been some beauty that you've experienced recently? So what this time off has done is just helped me to realize, like I was a victim of my schedule. I realized I had created <laughs> this idea right. that, that normalcy was busyness and that, yeah. uh, you know, I, this, this adage I've shared before, but this idea of like, you never leave your house not knowing where you're going, right? We, 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 at least when we're going from place to place, there's like a, there's a focus or goal. But I realized that if you apply that to life, you know, what, what, which of my years were aimless years where I had no goal, no target. And I'm not getting into that whole, like, come out of quarantine with five new businesses, right? Like this idea of like, yeah, super yeah. productive. Mm-hmm. But this idea that I just, again, going back to radical self-care, just like, what are, the, what are the things that bring me joy? What are the things that make me happy? I remember mm. I was having a really tough day, and I remember calling my sister and saying, hey, have you voted yet? And she said, no. So let me, let, me, let me pick you up. Let's do early voting. And she's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. And I had sent her information about early voting because my thing was right. I knew if it was too hard on the day of, as right. a parent, as a single right. parent, she just wasn't going to do slips. it. It was her priority. Yep. Right. So we did that, and I realized just how happy my niece was. I literally took her out mm. the car while my sister went in. We put on our mask, and we're just walking around. Yeah. And the playground's locked, right? Like, I can't even yeah. take her to the playground because it's mm. locked because of COVID. And I just see, like, just sadness. She's just sad, right? And she's trying to process, why is the playground open? I just want to go mm. play. Mm-hmm. Not realizing the safety issue. So we, we ended up uh, getting lunch and then going to a playground that was open. And it was just so wonderful watching her play. Like something mm. very, like I think before I would have been on my phone probably emailing and texting and trying to figure out other stuff while she was playing. It would have been a distraction. But literally watching this little girl jump up and down on plastic and rubber and just run around <laughs> the different parts, right? And you know that kid lo- just loves being in your presence, man. I see the two of you together. She's so happy to be with you. Uncle Aaron is it. Right, <laughs> like being it and being someone's it, right? But then realizing yeah. too that I had allowed busyness to rob me of some of those moments. I, another time I had her, same thing. She wanted to play chess and I was multitasking. So I couldn't be fully present and I had to like shut everything down. Wow. And I yeah. taught her how to play chess. And she's a five-year-old, like, I don't know how to play chess. Okay, which one is the rook? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. one's the knight, right? Which one's that's the bishop? So great. really, you know, that's a great question. I've, I've had to learn how to seek joy, <laughs> schedule yeah. joy, put joy into my life intentionally. You know, just take moments like that. Like, I, I go on walks. Like, I, I'm like literally just doing things that seem very right. basic or very mundane. Yeah. But it being such a powerful uh, part of both resetting and just normalizing, like normalizing mm-hmm. my self-care, normalizing joy, normalizing the things and the people that bring me joy. That is beautiful. Derek, how about you? What's something that's oh. been beautiful in your life recently? Oh, wow. Um, I think when the quarantine first started, you know, and it was like, okay, I can't really be outside. And so my inner child, you know, likes the outdoors. I think I've, I think I've been like a what is that what you were saying Aaron about you know your schedule is kind of holding you hostage to a degree 
And there was a time where I used to love being outside and going into the woods and taking walks, and I hadn't done that much. But uh, when the quarantine started, I found myself back on my building's roof deck um, and going up there, and that was my outside. And I could sit up there, and I'd meditate up there, and I'd just watch, and I'd listen. And this is, I realized... I watched the seasons come. I can't think the last time I actually saw a season show up. Mm. So literally, you know, wow. in March, you know, yeah. trees are budding, April. And I have photos from up there where literally you see the trees going from from bare to sparse green to like full bloom. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a lot of rain and, you know, like, in, you know, March through April and May. And it was like, is it ever going to stop being this gray and rainy? I feel like I'm in Seattle. But then, you know, <laughs> seeing all the greenery was great. And. I've taken walks and, you know, I'm in a in a budding relationship um, and she and I have gone to Lake Artemisia in Mar- in, in the other part of, of, of uh, Hyattsville, Maryland. And um, we've taken some walks and just uh, I've been enjoying nature a bit. And then also um, I've had some creative writing opportunities. So we've I've done several Zoom readings during the summer. And so it's been so great to see the faces of poets that I know and friends that I know, and we're doing what we enjoy. And so mm. sharing the work and I had to organize a reading and get some folks together. We had such a great time. And so like, it was great to, to even have Jack to say, you know, to have, you know, your, your wife who's my, who's my poetry teacher, you know, a mentor in on the reading. It was such a, a good time. And so I haven't been writing much. I'm sure there's a lot, in there to mm. write but that's brought me joy um my my fa- my bubble is really small so there's only a few people that i visit so i go over to my best friend's home and you know we kind of socially distance but we're able to hang we've hung out long enough to know that we're good and so you know it's good to see my goddaughter you know and her trying to chase me around and throw <laughs> bugs on me and then i also got to hold <laughs> i also got to hold the, the the baby baby who's like a month and some, mm. and some weeks and so she was fussy and they were like, here, and they handed her to me. I was like, but I don't know what to do, you know. And so I'm sitting there holding this one month old doing this two step humming uh, the baseline to a love supreme. And it chilled her out and it nice. chilled me out. So that that's that's the joy. That was that's definitely something that's joyful. Yeah. And yeah. of course, you know, my, my girlfriend, she's. Yeah, there you go. So, yes. Can't, can't leave, <laughs> can't leave her lady out. in your life. <laughs> yes, so so wonderful. Yes, joy. That's and good. that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll say that that Ruth still talks about that that reading that 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 reading oh, that you all did was was I think you know if I can in, maybe interpret what it is that she said that that um you know it was it was a really beautiful space for her to be in at that time, an affirming space. That's and great. so yeah, so I'm I'm grateful for that because because she stepped out of that you know experience floating on air and uh, and <laughs> you know in in her 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 place that she likes to be, which is surrounded by by other poets and 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 so that makes thank you for making our our family life better Yay. with that experience. Helping <laughs> out, good, good. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> and I'll say, you know, our our daughter likewise has just been, you know, thriving in her art also, and it's been so wonderful to see her doing that. She's been doing her her art camps and things, and and actually mm-hmm. really taken to it in in a in a in a serious way. That's been really beautiful to watch. And just reading so much, you know, this kid, you know, she's surrounded by books because of because of her mom, 
and and she just picks up everything and she's going going through it um and i i can think about this past week you know uh, when when we heard john lewis passed away um we ended up talking about him uh, a lot on i think it was mm -hmm. saturday and and so we just spent the whole day basically like you know talking talking about that and we and and getting into these really deep conversations about you know what civil rights are and gerrymandering and things like things like that and then i had um i had done a, a book event with john lewis like back i don't know six years ago um and and had that signed copy of march his graphic novel um and uh, and so I pulled that out and and was able to say here you know this is him in his in his own words talking about his his life yeah. and and, mm -hmm. and she's just she, you can just see her just like reading just tearing through mm -hmm. tearing through that so that's a, you know I've got a beautiful mental picture in my mind just the other day like wow this kid is really something special you know because she's got so much that she's wrestling with in this world like you're like you were saying Aaron with your niece like processing. Mm -hmm. why are the parks closed and being maybe a little bit apprehensive about going out and seeing people you know what are those longer term effects and things yeah um what about uh derek what about something that's that's been a bit fearful for you Have, is there if i can ask you to be a little bit vulnerable about that is there anything that's spurred a oh. bit of fear in you lately oh yeah um, I, you know, I'm I deal, dealing with fear a lot. I'm trying to go back to some, some texts to kind of help me with that. And I do understand it's all right to be afraid. But I'll also mm. add, since I'm talking about my fear, so I'll just uh, preface this now by saying, so, yeah, I may get emotional talking about it. So, but, you know, that's no biggie for me. You know, crying is not something that I'm like alien to. So, uh... Primarily, I've been thinking about physical death a lot lately and not so much about what makes me fearful, not so much physical death of, of my own, although I do think about that, uh, but just the the physical death of my loved ones. Um, and in particular, one of my major fears is, you know, I, I've, I got, you know, I had like a sinus infection and I went and got tested and and uh, I was COVID negative, which was great. You know, I didn't like the whole q-tip up the nostril thing let me tell you <laughs> that's no fun i and i made the joke before i said if i if i saw that technician on the street we'd have some problems so <laughs> if I, let you, <laughs> I let you ever stick stick something up my nose like that but i uh you know so i wanted to make sure that i was fine because you know my uh immediate family's in north carolina and so that's one of those hot spots and i do intend on going home you know i've been kind of fearful about going traveling home but then i realized my family's bubble my mom has been working from home for years so she if she ventures out i i, I know she's good um and then there's my my aunt and my uncle and my, not my uncle my aunt and, her, and my cousin and her fam so if i when i when not if but when i go to north carolina you know i will definitely be i will definitely be seeing them and my mom and i've talked about calculated risks and such but my biggest fear was i never I would never want to go somewhere to where it's like if I ever got my mom sick, you know, and my mom passed mm. or got my cousin sick and someone passed. And so I or I would be so like hurt, you know, just that that guilt of, you know, try, you, you know, you're I'm one person who is not alone. Of course, you know, I have community, but the fear that my need to see my family and touch my family. And in this in this uh, in this time, that's a major 
it's kind of a it's kind of a challenge and a risk you know mm. what what steps you take and that's been my fear is that any of my actions uh harming my family in any way and especially yeah. just my mom so that's that's the that's one of the major fears i'm wrestling with which ties into the bigger thing of it's the question i ask is how how are there folks out there who you know for whatever their reason in their background you know they don't believe their actions they don't believe they don't believe in interconnectedness of of human beings anyway so yeah for me this uh this this virus very much shows you how people are connected it's like hey we pass it on to each other if that don't show you how connected that we are uh and to go back to uh octavia butler you know from parable of the sower which i hadn't picked up since i read it in college but uh which is what is it what is the earth seed thing like you know i know everything you touch is changed or i forget what the saying god has changed yeah god has changed and there's a the thing about like you know everything you touch Either way, yeah, God has changed, and so, yeah, that's just been some of the the some of the fears, and then the one other fear, which is, well, what if there is no vaccine or something like that? Now what? How do we live? How do how do I how do we live? Yeah, just how do we live? And I can't process that, and I don't want to. But those are some mm. of the the fearful things, and it ties like once again back into the. Uh, um uncertainty which is the truth everything's uncertain <laughs> so yeah. that's where i am right now that's yeah. where i am no that's that's real that's, been fearful. that's that's real there's so much of that just like you're saying just even even something as simple as as hugging your mom you know we we mm-hmm. don't have that we don't have that certain certainty that that's that's going to be okay you know and the yeah. moment terry connection that we're longing for and you know especially i know how close you are with your mom um mm-hmm. how much how much you know your two spirits must want to do that you know oh yeah and sorry let me just add i'm, I'm glad that we're, we're talking about this because i as much as i like to process i have a therapist and such uh it's i, I was very reluctant to, you know to do this but i it's good to talk this out because it, it is a processing that i need to have so so yeah. I thank you for this time to be able to to get it out, you know. So thanks. I appreciate you being honest and, and vulnerable. Yeah. Zarek, I, I, that resonates with me. I um, I found to that point of having a therapist and talking things out, uh, one of the things that I, I realized, one of my, 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 um, my superpowers uh, <laughs> or things I enjoy doing that's helpful is like bringing people together. One of his many superpowers. Many superpowers, yes. <laughs> Hyperion. <laughs> I love we all got that got that reference. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> idea. Like I literally found myself. I, I didn't realize how much I needed it, but creating spaces with with friends of uh, coming to spaces like this, and then creating yeah. spaces. There's a group of guys. We do a Bible study together, and we noticed that after the study, we would a few of us would just hang out for like another hour, even though it's like at night on a weekday. Um, so one of the guys like, yo, why don't we, why don't we, uh, why don't we like make sure we like connect? Why don't we stay connected? So we started mm-hmm. texting, we had a sex group, uh, and then we did a group meeting. So we upgraded. Uh, but then when this started happening, we realized we couldn't go in person. Um, I threw out like, Hey, why don't we do a zoom call? What day works? So Saturdays, uh, for an hour, we just block out time so we can talk. 
And literally, you know, I found it to be extremely helpful to have a weekly space where I can bring things there. So I have a dad who's battling cancer right now. And uh, mm. I had to go in with him for an appointment he had. And, um, you know, the doctor, it's, it's, I can imagine what it is like for healthcare workers who have to talk mm. about these very difficult things on a regular basis. And the, just what happens to their humanity, right? Like, you, you have to probably segment, right, yourself in so many ways. Right. Uh, but this person, this particular physician was being extremely compassionate and gave us more time than I had noticed from other physicians and other things. So I was appreciative. Uh, and my dad told me, he said, man, you hungry? I'm hungry. Let's, let's, you know, and here we are, we haven't been out. I haven't been to a restaurant in months, right? We haven't been out together. Uh, but here's my dad who is very picky eaters. Like I want to go out and get something. And I, neither one of us had breakfast because of the, the early time of his appointment. So we, um, we go to uh, sit down uh, at a restaurant that's properly social distance, ventilation, everything, you know, checking out. So we sit down and it was just, again, I go back to that earlier piece of joy, just watching him like cut his pancakes, right? And eat, right? It was just a joyful piece, but mm. also sitting with someone facing a terminal illness, right? Like to that point mm. that I don't know what point that he will no longer be here and having yeah. this time with him, both full of joy, but also sad, like sitting there in sadness and fearful, you know, of that peace. And as with many people, it's hard to discuss, uh, you know, any of those arrangements, like, right, like, hey, and unfortunately, the time it, that's most, most uh, helpful to do it is right after we've seen a doctor, right? So it just, it just uh, my sensitivity yeah. to it is now like, do not bring up that any conversation like that wow. with him yeah. after that, yeah. right? But there's this very real peace. So like when, uh, when, when you mentioned John Lewis, uh, 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 Jack, and, you know, I want to thank you, uh, a few, at that gig you talked about, you had had a few photos, of me and some of my students there. So it's, it, it's been really helpful to process his passing. And when I think about that with my family, pulling in with Derek said, it just makes me realize like, wow, people that are walking the earth right now that I care about and love won't be here at some point. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, to put it in context, my grandmother is the same age as John Lewis. She's 80 years old. Uh, mm. So to think that my grandma's here and that she won't be here uh, not only can bring sadness, but fearfulness. And I found I have to be careful to not let fear become paralyzing. Yeah. That it stops me from expressing love or being joyful that if I sit in it, you know, and of course this is where we start getting into like uh, things like depression and stuff, but just finding myself like, especially with COVID, I found myself sitting in some of that kind of fear and sadness. Yeah. There's no vaccine. Indeed. Uh, people like, I can't wait to get back to normal. This may be our new normal, right? That, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and some of the things that we normalize shouldn't have been, right? So just just accepting that. And even the added piece from uh, Tuskegee experiment and other things that oh, yeah. even if and when there's a vaccine, having a hesitancy about taking it and being fearful of where this country is right now, especially with the current person who sits in um, said White House, uh, this idea that someone could dictate and say, if you're going to come out, if you're going to do anything, you have to have this vaccine. Like the, yeah. the fight that we have now with the mask and people are like, I have rights. You can't make me wear a mask where it's so simple that it could get ratcheted yeah. up to, if you don't get this vaccine, you can't interact yeah. with society. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that and who has of, access and all that, who has access yeah. to it, who knows if they're actually getting the vaccine. I mean, right. all the conspiracy fears, right. But, but that fear of where this can go. Um, yeah. And the fear of some well, some of my friends have experienced who've lost loved ones now of having to bury a loved one during, you know, all these things. Yeah. It's very real, right? 
Yeah. yeah. So I found I, I literally, you know, it's been those groups like things like this, but that regular time and being brave enough to say, here's what I'm afraid of. Uh, journaling has become a lifeline to just be able to write out the deepest pieces. Uh, guilty pleasure. My uh, fiance and I love watching This Is Us. And uh, <laughs> it's like our like we literally block time to watch it. Right. And mm-hmm. they one of the couples on the show, Randall and Beth, they have this thing they do called what's the worst thing that can happen. And they sit together, and if they have to make a big decision or something's coming up, they say, okay, time to play what's the worst that can happen. Go. And they, like, literally just list out, like, you know, major apocalypse, and we're the last two people, and you get on my nerves. So that would be tough, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's that piece, but, like, that idea of, like, just, just getting it out and how important that is. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Like, that fear that you were saying, Derek, about, about um, physical death, I mean, particularly, I guess, in the context of, of illness and so forth, mm-hmm. specifically. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like I fear death for myself. Yeah, yeah. But for the older generation, like you guys are saying, you know, just looking at your parents getting to a certain age and everything and saying, like, they're not going to be around that much longer and just acknowledging that. Yeah. And then, and then on the other hand, the younger generation, right? Thinking about, you know, niece or goddaughter or my daughter, you know, and and the struggles, the struggles that they're going to have to face, you know, um, mm-hmm. are already facing, but potentially could be facing, and in, in a much worse, you know, <laughs> like Mad Max style hellscape, you know, on on sort of an extreme end of it, but. But it just, what, even, even not that, you know, even just what are the struggles of coming back to the beginning of the conversation, like what, what a woman has to face on a daily basis, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and reckoning, reckoning with that. Sometimes I'm looking at this beautiful girl or sitting, you know, she's innocently playing or chatting with her friends or something. And, you know, my mind can kind of spiral off and I have to pull myself back into the present moment yeah. and say, like, don't, don't worry about that. You know, prepare yeah, her for yeah. it now. Yep. Be happy with her right now. Do not let yourself go there. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, as men, we know the evil that men do. You know what I mean? So it, it can, if you let yourself go to that place, it can, it's, it's bad news. So. Oh, yeah. I, I have to add this, like you were talking, just said, Jack, about like pulling yourself back. I'd have to say that, uh, and I have to share this moment. Like I have that moment with my thoughts and spiraling. Even in Buddhism, you know, when you practice, that's your thing. You're trying to work with your thoughts, you know, and treating them as, and you know, your thoughts change daily. Like so, when I'm meditating, and there's one part of a practice where it's like, when the thoughts come, you acknowledge them and go, "Hey, what's up?" And then they move on. You know, mm. you, you may you, your thoughts can go from, "How much money do I have to the bank?" At the bank to, "Wow, my knees are really ashy." To Huh, you know, I forgot to go ahead and uh, I need to quit dog ear, dog dog earring pages. You know, in my book, just random <laughs> right. thoughts. But um, I was in my car driving. I had just dropped off my girlfriend. I had a nice weekend, and I was just thinking. Uh, all of a sudden, I hear that part of my thoughts were like, "Oh man, you're alone. You are so alone." And then, in my left ear, like almost like automatically. A voice says, and it's my voice, but it's like the voice is like, you're not alone. And I was like, hmm. you're right. 
Hmm. You're right. You're right. Hmm. You're right. And like my mood <laughs> Thanks, <boys>. shifted. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. You know, and I realized I'd been working to, to that space, you know, to, to acknowledge that that voice. And I, when I was younger, I used to call it the God voice or call it whatever because it sounded like me. But it had a calm mm-hmm. and a, a certainty that was, you know, mm. that totally just shifted how I, you know, what I was thinking about. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. So, yeah, I, I think about those moments when, you know, the universe, the creator, whomever, you know, I, I always wonder if I'm able to hear it, to hear mm-hmm. it, you know, and. I'm so glad it may come. I believe it comes through in other ways, but uh, that day I needed to hear that voice in my left ear, and it just it just came so immediately. Immediately when the thoughts started coming, the negative thoughts, that's when that that voice just came in, and it was just like, yeah, like someone just leaned into my ear and was like, "You're not alone." It's like okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Um, I was going to ask sort of on this on this last idea of. Of, of what's been something joyful. I mean, Derek, you already sort of shared something from your tradition that, that helps bring that, that calm and that peace. Um, yeah. Um, Aaron, is, is there something specific from your, your tradition recently that's been bringing you joy? Um, I think two things. One, there's a scripture that talks about uh, forsake not the gathering of the saints. So my the church that I attend has really taken a lot of efforts to think through what would it be like to have a parking lot ministry. So similar to a drive-in mm. theater, could we drive into socially distance and then like being in each other's company? So right. uh, that's something that's definitely brought me joy. Uh, just, and I didn't realize how much I had missed literally just fellowshipping and seeing people. So there's this mm-hmm. balance of like being safe and being, you know, very mindful of that. Um, and then there's this piece of like, once you do that, then it's like, okay, like you can actually be in each other's company. Uh, yeah. and literally just seeing people, right? Like not even hugging, shaking hands, none of that, but like literally seeing people, uh, that you care about. Uh, we have an uh, inter- intergenerational church. So we have members who are in their 90s. We, and then we have, I work, uh, I do youth Sunday school. Uh, so teaching the young people, we figured out a way to do Zoom and they have to do it for school. So they were just with it. So right. we literally got their Sunday school books, mailed it to everyone. They opened up their books and they're with mm. it. And uh, a moment that brought me some joy recently was literally teaching them a lesson on wisdom and it was a lesson about Jesus when Jesus was a child. And in the New Testament, there aren't many scriptures about that, but the times they do talk about it, it's when he's literally with his parents. And uh, from the Jewish tradition, it's right before his, his bar mitzvah, the, the extent of what it would have been. So he's 12, he's at the temple for Passover, and then the parents leave with the caravan and don't, don't realize they've left Jesus. Uh, so he's chilling. He's like with the teachers and they're like, yo, you kind of, you kind of wise, bro. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be humble. So I'm a humble brag. You know, I'm trying to just be about my father's business. Right. That's what it says. Right. That's, that's exactly what it humble says. Brag. That's exactly. Humble brag. Like, humble brag. 29. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was this moment where I usually co-teach and my co-facilitator was uh, having technology issues. So I had to teach the lesson myself. Uh, and she couldn't, she comes in halfway and she just falls back. She's like, go ahead. You got it. So I'm teaching it and they're into it and we're cracking jokes and they're like relating to it. Uh, and afterwards she said, you know, thank you for teaching that lesson. You really like you, you just caught the essence of it. Like you were just in your zone. Right. And I know when, you know, when, whenever we do that thing that the creator or the universe has purpose for us to do, 
it's like it's not work, right? Like it's almost like all of yeah. our gifting and all of our self can oh, show yeah. up. Uh, so I've appreciated moments in life where that's happened, right? When my full self can show up. Uh, I'm thinking about, uh, again, the recent proposal to my fiance now uh, and just literally stopping and stepping back and asking the question, what could bring her joy? And then yeah. thinking about that mm-hmm. and then taking those steps to make that happen. And then watching her react in joy and then even processing that with her, her saying, wow, like that, you really, you, that was excellent. Like you, you really mm-hmm. brought me joy. And I think, you know, thinking about everything that's happening in the world right now, I think one of the things that I'm really mindful of is what, again, going back to what I said before, what brings me joy and then how can I bring joy to others? Uh, I really have been thinking about, uh, you know, when John Lewis died, it, he died and a gentleman named C.T. Vivian died. Uh, yeah. And what, what's been fascinating with that is that these are both like civil rights, like icons, like they are just like big, big deals. I found this photo of them, you know, when they were uh, right. literally yeah. in jail together. They are in jail on the same day. This date, yeah. the same date, they end up going. Look, to look at those prison. smiles on those. Those guys. smiles, man. They're like, yeah, they're yeah. like you can't touch me. What they're like, okay. I, I, I answer to a higher power. And yeah. then look at this, right? Both yeah. of them in 2013 receiving the Congressional Medal of Freedom, mm. the Congressional Medal of Freedom or Congressional Medal of Honor from Barack Obama, right? But those young men, like, still, you can see CT Vivian still with that smile. Right. Yeah, like, something that's brought me joy was not only the chance to walk the planet when these great heroes walk the planet, but this idea that in some way, form or fashion, they've passed on the baton to us. Right. Like, how can we, you know, not only be joyful, but also seek to bring good to humanity. Right. Especially in the face of injustice. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to add just two things about joy. Um I think y'all. I mean, I think you all know, um, or, or you know, know of uh, Simone. We know Simone Jacobson. So, mm-hmm. um, she and I, she, she, on her birthday, she was like, "Hey, I want to do yoga." It's like, okay, she said, "I want to do yoga with a few people outside." So we went to this huge field in Anacostia. So myself, Simone, and this uh, other this other yogi, and we set our mats, you know, about six a good distance apart, and we did yoga in this huge field under the blazing sun and that was actually so much fun and that just brought me joy you know that we were able to get together in person and that was so awesome and then one other thing that brings me joy is i've been listening to uh i love storytelling and podcasts you know ding ding um <laughs> and i i totally enjoy quest love supreme that has brought me so much joy <laughs> like the stories that are told is a group of you know group of them and they're talking to all these musicians and artists and they're you're getting all these back stories and i literally listen probably to one to two of them throughout the day like wow. i just love it like it just brings me so much joy hearing stories and i'm just like oh this is it this brings me joy it really does because you get to hear about a life lived and people looking still looking very much towards the future and that it's the other thing I talk with friends or I talk with you all and the fact that I have a part of me that sometimes is like oh this is going on right now I don't know what to do there's no future but I I'm around people who are looking toward the future and building toward the future and uh, yeah my mom who is a social worker and works for the net who was with part of the National Association of Black Social Workers I realized in a poem she's an Afrofuturist even before there was a term and I say that because, you know, the work that she does is to to help, you know, black people, you know, maintain their mental health so they can thrive in the future. So I was like, 
oh, wow, mom, did you know you were Afrofuturist? She's like, duh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> duh. <laughs> where you been? It's like, duh. <laughs> so, yeah, those, that's, that's where the joy, the joy comes right now. I just wanted to add that. So. Yeah. No, that is, that is beautiful. Well, I'll, I'll share that aside from, you know, what I was sharing before about, about watching the kiddo, I think the thing that's, that's helped, you know, reset a, a sense of, of, maybe it's more peace than joy, but I think joy is a component of it too. It leads to joy. It opens the door to, to be able to feel joy. You know, the two of you know that I, the, the beginning of this year, end of last year and stuff, it was, it was pretty, it was tough for me. And I, I um, you know, I was working through a bunch of stuff and, and, you know, some of those moments got pretty dark. And, and this kind of leads to, to, to sort of your practice, Derek, um, is that, that meditation has actually been such a huge part of, of helping me, re, you know, recenter myself and establishing a daily practice, you know, of really getting into a mindfulness um, and meditation. So, so, yeah, you know, that I, I had never appreciated it um, before in my life, you know, maybe I just, again, my, my blinders were on or, or my awareness wasn't up or whatever the case was. But um, I think through this period, it started at the beginning of this period, just before the pandemic, you know, or lockdown or whatever happened, because uh, it was I, I aligned it with the with the, the Baha'i fast um, back in March. And and it has made all the difference in the world. I felt like that month of, of fasting was like training, you know, so mm. that when this stuff hit, you know, my spirit was like, you've been doing this a month already, man. You know how to do this. You know, you, you, can, wow. you, can, ride, you can ride this out. So um, anyway, on, on, on sort of that note, I was, I was hoping, Derek, if I could ask you could, could you, could you lead like a little, just a little meditation, a little mindfulness? You have this wonderful thing that you've, you've shared before about that. I wish you healthy. I wish you happy. Could, oh, sure. Could you share okay. that with us? Thank you. Yes. Okay. So if you could, please close your eyes. And we'll take one deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. And what I would like for you to think of is just the people who are closest to you. And this this is a meta practice, which is, you know, sending like good good thoughts and, and energy to these folks. And so the general saying is just uh, something that you wish the people close to you. And so the first phrase, um, I'll say it and then you can repeat it is, I wish you free from danger and harm. I wish you, I wish you free, free from danger and from harm. danger and harm. I wish you happy and healthy. I wish you a life of ease. I wish you a life of ease. So we're going to say this again, but now I'd like you to visualize yourself when you're getting ready to say this mantra again. And so whether you say, you can use, say it the same way or you can use your own name, but I generally just say, Derek, or you can enter your name. I wish you free from danger and harm. Aaron, 
I wish you free from danger and harm. Jack, I wish you free from danger and harm. I wish, Derek, I wish you happy and healthy. Aaron, I wish you happy and healthy. Jack, I wish you happy and healthy. And Derek, I wish you a life of ease. Aaron, I wish you a life of ease. Jack, I wish you a life of ease. All right, so we'll take one more deep breath in through the nose. Out through the mouth. And we'll stop there. So there we go. Just a brief Thank meta you. practice. Yeah. That was beautiful. I feel I feel armored up for the day. All right. Thank you. Me too. All right, Iron Jack. Let's go. Iron Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go. Hyperion. <laughs> Hyperion. <laughs> Oh, okay, Derek can't leave us out, man. Who's your yeah? Who's, your who's, who's Derek? Who, who you got? I don't know. Beta Ray Brown. That's who I'm gonna be. Beta Ray Brown. <laughs> Let's go. I'm Beta Ray Brown. the long Beta. face, Derek. Beta Ray Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this is this is such a gift. Uh, yeah. I, I I just got. I mean, I love you guys. I love you guys so much. Love really. you too, Jack. Man, I, I love you, Derek. I love you, Aaron. Beautiful, beautiful, man. Yeah. Thanks for the invitation, man, and for creating this space, man. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, this is good. This is good. This is good. I feel like it's going to be a good day. Yes, indeed. Armored up and all. That's all right. right. Breaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cape on, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Throw your cape on. But not yeah, but not I, like in yeah. a not not in a, a man coming in to save the day type of way. Like, yes, like yes, walking yeah. walking companion along yes. with Alongside. Alright, gents. Alright. Alright. Enjoy the rest Thank of your day. You. Be well. You as well. Yes. Thank you guys. Be well. Stay Take safe care. and healthy. You as well. Yes, indeed. Alright. Bye bye. Dear listener, that's a wrap on this week's Interfaith Ish. I'm deeply grateful to my beautiful brothers Derek and Aaron for joining me and sharing their perspectives. You can learn about Aaron's work with the Expectations Project at expectations.org. And you can find Derek's poetry at derekwestonbrown.com. Also look for Derek's recent video on Al Jazeera. It's a breathtaking performance of his poem, We Can't Have Nothing. It gives me chills every time I see it. As always, I want to thank also my fellow interfaith astronauts, Miranda Hofmeyer and Sue Katz Miller, and our musical master, Jeff Philosopher. And of course, thank you, dear listener, for spending your hour with us. You can find our entire back catalog of interfaith ish episodes wherever you find and enjoy podcasts. In the feed, you'll also find our ongoing series of crossover episodes with other religion and faith focused shows. I'm really proud of how well this project has been going during this period where we can't have guests in our Tacoma Radio studio. And from the way things are going, it's going to be this way for a while. So look for a lot more great episodes to come. Be sure to follow us on social media at Interfaith-ish. Leave us a voicemail on our special listener line, 202-599-2953. And keep writing us about the Interfaith-ish you wish to dish 
at interfaithish at gmail.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-F-A-I-T-H-I-S-H at gmail.com. Interfaithish will be back in two weeks. Until then, keep it locked to WOWD 94.3 FM for great music and programs seven days a week, streaming online at TacomaRadio.org.